Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Carleton, Michigan, earned a BS in mechanical engineering from Southern Illinois University, and an MS in engineering management from Wayne State. From 1997 to 2000, he was a first baseman in the New York Yankees minor league system. He joined Bastion Solutions LLC in 2005, and since 2014 has been its president. Bastion Solutions is a Toyota advanced logistics company and the third largest integrator in North America. Most importantly, he and his wife Julie are parents of seven great children. His name, Aaron Jones. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything Is Possible on 760-WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything Is Possible, and we're talking to Aaron Jones. I met him when he was a freshman in college through baseball. I've come to treat him almost like a, a younger son and uh, I think the world of them. Aaron, welcome and an honor to have you. Well, thank you, Jack. It's my pleasure to be here. Tomorrow we celebrate Father's Day. Can you lead us in an opening prayer, please? Uh, sure, Jack. I'd be happy to. Um, today we pray for good leadership in our country. We pray for our country. Um, at a time where leadership and values uh, seem to be compromised more and more, month after month, year after year. I pray that this country can develop good leaders. We can have good leadership to lead us through the challenges that we face in the upcoming years. I pray for good leadership uh, for each and every family out there. We do this all in Lord's name. Amen. Amen. Fabulous. And Heavenly Father, be with all the fathers as we celebrate Father's Day tomorrow. Let's start by talking about your childhood, your mom and your dad, please. Well, Jack, I had anything but, a, I guess, a normal upbringing. I'm very blessed to have two fantastic parents. I'm still married today. And um, I grew up the oldest of nine children. And so, as you quite could imagine, that comes with a lot of responsibility and a lot of challenges. I uh, grew up on a, a small, dead-end, uh, dirt country road. Uh, grew up going to church every Sunday together as a family. We um, worked hard, played hard, had a small farm, and I think almost everything that we ate as children either came from the farm or my grandparents' farm, or we were uh, successful in the woods. I was just blessed with great parents. They taught me a lot of things. Uh, of course, my dad taught me how to be competitive and play sports and win. My mom taught me how to be compassionate and to help others, uh, taught us all our faith. I guess if they had one thing in common, they both taught us how to work hard. They are still today uh, probably the hardest workers I've ever met. Um, you know, sun up to sun down, these, these uh, people as role models, my mom and dad, they just um, worked to provide. My father was a school teacher, retired um, here downriver, um, I think 34 years in the secondary education system. So he, he didn't make a lot of money, but he worked hard, oftentimes had several jobs to support the family. 
And of course, my mom is a homemaker of nine children. She was everything. She was the uh, the nurse, the doctor. Uh, sometimes not such a good doctor, by the way, but the nurse, the doctor, um, the, the the psychiatrist, the uh, you know, educator at home for homework, the role model. Um, so just very blessed to have um, two great parents and eight uh, fantastic siblings. We're talking Aaron Jones. He earned a BS in mechanical engineering from Southern Illinois University. And then, Aaron, you signed in 1997 to play baseball for the New York Yankees minor league system. You played for four seasons in the minor leagues. What was your signing bonus, and what's the most you made in any year? Well, Jack, I was really blessed with my signing bonus because I immediately went out and bought a new car. And um, I received a signing bonus of $3,000, and I went and bought a 1980 Buick Century. I think it was about nine hundred or a thousand dollars. So, um, like like many high profile draft picks, <laughs> I went out and bought a great car. Um, but I think the most important thing that I got out of my sign-in bonus was uh, the remainder of my education paid for. That wasn't very common back then, but the owner of the Yankees, George Steinbrenner, really believed in that education. So when I asked if they would pay for my final year of school. Um, it just took a few minutes and a phone call, and they agreed to do that. Um, so it wasn't really about the sign-in bonus for me. It was about um, a lifetime opportunity to play professionally and, and to really play this game I love and take a chance. <clears throat> All right, and I think they paid you $2,000 per month in the months that you played. Um, you, you were very good, and you carried a couple kids in that system. One, Derek Jeter. Two, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit. Talk about playing with those two of them, future Hall of Famers, all four of them All-Stars. You know, I, I learned a lot from my time in the Yankees, and I, I, um, for the record, I don't think any of those four would give me any credit with their success. But what I will credit them with is, you know, everybody I met uh, throughout my life, I tried to pick and choose and learn um, valuable lessons along the way. And I learned something from each of them. Um, I, I would say Jorge Posada, I learned how to have fun. I, I think a lot of my life I took the game of baseball too serious. You know, there was, I wanted to do well. And uh, what I gathered from Jorge Posada was that he was a big kid playing an adult game. He came to the ballpark no matter how early or late or how hot or cold, and he had fun. And I think that showed on the field. From Mariano Rivera, I would say that I learned humility. If you saw Mariano Rivera walking down the street or in a large group setting, you wouldn't have been able to tell if he was the top reliever at the time in the game of baseball or a college professor. He was quiet. He was humble. He was passionate. Andy Pettit, uh, a man of great faith. And I think that was maybe one of the things that surprised me when I got into the Yankee system was just the level and the amount of, of great people in professional sports. Unfortunately, you know, the news media and the world, they like scandal and they like controversy. So you'll see the likes of some players in the news for the wrong reasons. But there was a lot of great people, a lot of great people that attended mass regularly, went to church, frequently prayed, read the Bible. And Andy Pettit was one of those people. He was also one of the hardest workers that I've seen. 
And I know he was a handful of years older than me, and he just worked. And he, it would be very common to see him in the right field line doing push-ups and sit-ups. And, and at 100 degrees, he was there early and late. And when he gets to Jeter, he taught so many things uh, to everybody around him. But I would say it, it really comes down to leadership. He led by example. He did the little things. Um, he sprinted on and off the field. Uh, he wasn't lazy. He didn't let any success go to his head. I would see him commonly in the batting tunnel, hitting for hours, um, hours at a time off a batting tee. And if you say that to a college kid today or a high school player, they look at you like you're crazy. But Jeter would take a couple hundred swings a day off of a tee so he could learn his swing and understand his swing. So I learned that work ethic from him. I learned um, passion. I learned leadership. It would be very common to hear him say, you know, you got to make that play. Just nice and nice and calm and subtle. Got another funny story from for Jeter. You know, you know, we were working out one early morning in January, lifting weights, and I had just gotten engaged to my wife Julie. And um, he said to me, he goes, "Do you know how lucky you are?" He goes, "You got your college degree, and you're engaged. That's that's a dream." <laughs> and I kind of chuckled a little bit. Now. Let's not forget, at that time, Derek Jeter was um, seriously dating Miss Universe. <laughs> so um, it was quite a compliment for him to tell me that I was a lucky man. <clears throat> you outkicked your punt coverage, Aaron. <laughs> We're talking Aaron Jones, and I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula. We're with Aaron Jones. Since 2014, he's been Bastion Solutions president and board member. Aaron, those four years with the Yankees in the minor league system, what's the biggest thing those four years taught you about now leading 1,250 people in a $600 million a year business? Well, Jack, there are so many lessons um, that I gathered through those years. I guess the first as a player on long bus trips uh, with a large team of, of men, um, it taught me the true sense of the word diversity. And just a couple of those stories, you know, we had, we had ball players from Cuba on our team that had suffered a lot of hardship in order to get to the U.S. and, and play the game. Uh, we had um, a, a good friend of mine, a strong player, uh, was from Dominican Republic. And uh, he had never worn shoes before before he was signed by the Yankees at 16. So they, they literally had to work on his feet in order to be able to, to fit comfortably in a pair of cleats. That, that same individual had, had a home without um, any kind of flooring. It was a dirt floor. So you had so many people from all walks of life, let alone the U.S., but the global uh, footprint of baseball. It taught me that diversity. I also learned a lot from the owner of the Yankees, George Steinbrenner. And George Steinbrenner, for those that know him, know that George expected um, as close to perfection as possible. He expected to win, but in order to win, you had to do all the little things to have the chance and, and to deserve to win. And it comes with all sorts of expectations from how we show up to the ballpark. We were, we were to be shaved. We, we weren't to have goatees or facial hair at the time. Our hair was to be cut. We didn't have long hair or any kind of fancy 
uh, hairdos. Uh, we would stretch as a team. We would walk. We would run as a team. It was the epitome of class. And even when we traveled on a bus, and every once in a while, these buses wouldn't have air conditioning. And we would be on a bus in a collar and slacks, whereas many of the, the minor leagues and those players would show up in shorts and cut-off T-shirts. George Steinbrenner expected us to, to everything we do from top to bottom to strive for perfection. And that's a great role model and example for a leader today. Um, there's so many good businesses out there and so many worthy competitors. How do we differentiate ourselves? And that's what I find myself continually asking myself and my leadership team. How do we differentiate? How do we get better? How do we strive for perfection? How do we win the game every step of the way with our client partners? We're talking Aaron Jones the president of Bastion Solutions. If you want to learn more, www.bastion, B-A-S-T-I-A-N, solutions.com. Aaron, your priorities are great. God, family, and business. You and Julie have been blessed with seven terrific children, ages 22 to 5. The late, great Dr. Robert Schuler often said, the number one thing a dad can do for his children is to love their mom. Why so, Aaron? Well, Jack, I think it, it takes you back to that opening prayer that we started this broadcast with, which is really leadership. As a father, we have great, and as parents, we have a great responsibility to show our children um, how to lead, how to be good people. And it really should start at home. You know, if we were to live by the golden rule, you know, that my mom taught us when we were kids, you know, treat others as you desire to be expected. Uh, love your enemies. Um, you know, it's not just about the respect and the honor of a friend. It's about the respect and honor of everybody we encounter day after day. Your spouse should be your best friend. And in that case... I'm very fortunate to call my wife, Julie, my best friend. So it's really easy to show respect and dedication and love for your spouse if you're good friends. And so for Julie and I, it's really about, um, you know, trying to do things for each other. And I will say that this is something that I had to learn over the years. When I was a young manager trying to, you know, grow in my career, I think I was a little bit blind, you know, in my late 20s and early 30s that I had all this responsibility at work. And I needed to be focused on this responsibility. I was, I was too busy to pay attention to, to dinner or, or something going on at home. And I, I think it's something I've learned over the years or I've reacquainted myself with over the years that there's nothing more important than what's done in the home to show your children that, that the family is what matters and that um, we need to have respect for the mother who does so much in the house. We're talking Aaron Jones, he and Julie, seven children age 22 to 5. I've heard it often said, Aaron, that for the first X years, you have to be a father, then you become a teacher, and ultimately you become a friend to your children. Talk about those three stages. <laughs> well, it, it couldn't be said anymore. And with children um, from 5 to 22 and almost 23, we are obviously experiencing all walks of life at all times. So, um, you know, let's start with the last element. And I think, you know, if you do a good job um, 
trying your best, and it's a challenge to raise your children the right way, you ultimately do settle down and, and become good friends. Um, you know, sometimes that happens different with all children. Sometimes it happens in, in uh, high school or college. Sometimes it happens thereafter. But they usually come back home and appreciate, you know, what you've done for them as, as a parent. So we are experiencing that with our oldest children. You know, some of them are in college, some are out of college. And, and you know, when they get out, they start to experience the world. They, they come right back and they say, you know, wow, my parents really were the greatest people, the best people. They were helped me through these times, and they want to return as friends. From a fathership side, you know, showing those young children that they have somebody they can count on through every walk of life and lead them through through homework, through their faith, through the challenges. It's just there's no greater responsibility on this earth than teaching the, your children um, the values that are so important. All right, we're talking Aaron Jones, who from 2000 to 2005, he worked for Visteon Corporation. Then in 2005, Bill Bastian, it was a great day for Bill Bastian and a great day for the Jones family because Bill hired you as the regional sales and engineering manager for Bastian Solutions. When we come back, we're going to start to talk about that fantastic chapter of your life, Aaron. And I'm Jack Krasula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Krasula. We're with Aaron Jones, president of Bastion Solutions, it's a Toyota Advanced Logistics Company with 35 business units, 27 locations, and the third largest integrator in North America, 1,250 teammates. Bill Bastian hires you in 2005, Bastian Solutions. Paint for us a picture of Bastian Solutions in 2005. Well, Jack, I've been very fortunate over the years to just fall into place with great leadership. I think, you know, as you mentioned earlier, I, I was fortunate to meet you in my freshman year in college, had great leaders every step of the way through high school, through my coaches and professors and teachers. Visteon was no different. I fell into, I think the good Lord took care of me. I fell into a, a great department in a great place, but everything changed when I met Bill Bastian. My brother was graduating uh, college from Eastern Michigan, so I was helping him find a a new home and a job, his first job out of college. And so we were spending time on monster.com back then. And I saw this job description and it had a, you know, a handful of requirements. It was, uh, you know, they requested an MBA and automation experience and, and strong leadership experience and experience in sales and robotics. And I I showed my brother the job and he was a, a, 21 or 22 year old wisecracker he just graduated from eastern and he had played four years of baseball there and i said ben look at this job and he said yeah but you're not qualified you don't have any of those qualifications and i said well that's a good approach so i I got a a a chance meeting with bill bastion he flew up to detroit met with uh, all the candidates and i started the interview up and i said bill I don't have sales experience. I don't have a direct leadership experience. I've never managed a, a, a formal team before. I don't have my MBA yet, but I'm getting my master's. 
Uh, I have never really worked with automation or robotics, but I'm your guy. And he kind of smirked a little bit in a very humble manner, and I explained to him why I thought I was the right uh, selection for him. And to be honest with you, Jack, it was probably just a bunch of lines of of craftsmanship that I worked up um, on the way there. I got out of that interview. I, I flipped open my phone. I think back then it was still flip phones. I pulled out the antenna, and I told my wife, I said, Julie, if I get this opportunity, I think I'm going to have to take it. And back then, that was pretty tough because, you know, I, I had a great career at Visteon. We were very much still associated with Ford Motor Company, starting to work and diversify our business with General Motors. We started to have a lot of success, and I was on a fun team. But I said there was something different about Bill. Now, here's a man that was a nuclear engineer, served our country in the Navy, got out of that with his uh, nuclear engineering degree, went to Harvard to get his business degree, hardworking, humble, uh, native of Indiana, just, just the highest quality person you'll ever meet. And I said, there's just something about Bill that I want to be associated with. And to be honest with you, I didn't meet a lot of other people in the company. It was just that style of leadership. So as I'm driving, I accept the position and I'm driving down to Indiana on a Sunday night because we're going to start on Monday morning. And uh, I was nervous. You know, what if this guy was just a good actor? And what I found when I walked through those doors was a company of people with the same type of values. And the Bastions were very simple people. It, it wasn't a very complicated business model. It was treat others as you want to be treated. It was have a profound respect for each uh, team member, regardless of their position. It was work hard for our clients and our customers because we have a duty for them. They have empowered us to, to automate or provide automation for their facility. And they're not doing this for fun. They're doing this for a competitive advantage. And we have that obligation. And the bastions, the way they treated their employees and the way they treated their, their customers and the way they treated everybody they came in contact with was so contagious across this company I realized very quickly I made the right decision. And um, when I had first joined the company, I said, this is just, it's like people are cut from the same mold, regardless of what state or what background they had, because it was all about respect and teamwork and how we treated our clients. Bastion Solutions was actually started in 1952 by Bill's grandfather. Then his dad ran it. Bill ran it for 30 years, up until 2014. Um, what does Bastion Solutions do, Aaron? Well, Jack, we specialize in automation of a facility. And it can range from a lot of different types of automation and a lot of different facilities. That's one of our core strengths is our diversity in industries. So we are strong in about eight to nine industries from, you know, from automotive to general manufacturing and general industrial to food and beverage, wine and spirits, retail and e-commerce. And we're one of the last integrators that have remained competent in so many of these industries. What that allows us to be able to do is, is develop and engineer custom solutions that are tailored for this specific company. We don't have to force fit an automated solution. So it's very common. You'll see us doing the largest of large automation systems, you know, maybe storing 16,000 pound tools or cement pallets. 
Um, you'll see us shipping granola bars and, and uh, health care, you know, medicine, prescriptions, contact lenses. So we are so diverse, but the root cause, the, the root analysis is designing a system that works specifically for a client to reduce waste and make these companies more effective and efficient. We're talking to Aaron Jones. For 50 years, <clears throat> I've met a lot of leaders, business leaders. Aaron Jones is as good a leader as I've ever met when you factor in his faith, his love for his family, his sales ability, his leadership ability. Uh, it's an honor to know you, Aaron. It's an honor to know you. Oh, likewise, Jack. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about <clears throat> jumping ahead to 2017 and Toyota Industries Corporation buys Bastion Solutions. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Jack Rizzula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Aaron Jones of Bastion Solutions, www.bastiansolutions.com. Aaron, let's go back to 2017. Bill Bastion sells his company to Toyota Industries Corporation. Tell us about Toyota Corporation. Well, Jack, the process actually started in late 2015, where I received a phone call. And, and mind you, I was receiving phone calls almost monthly. We were a, a prime target for acquisition from a lot of our competition, European companies, um, private equity companies. And, and, you know, really, it was never a great fit for us. I picked up the phone one day, and it was a um, financial advisor from Toyota. And he said they were interested in talking with us. And um, a couple of days later, I had a meeting with Bill, and I, I said, Bill, Toyota Industries called. And Toyota is in Columbus, Indiana. They, they have the largest market share of, of fork trucks in the world. And I said, this could be really interesting and a good fit. You know, I've always heard a lot about Toyota and the Japanese culture. This could be a good fit. Bill thought about it for a, a few seconds and said he agrees. So, you know, he empowered me to have some early discussions with the Toyota team. As I continue to prod deeper and deeper, um, the, the culture really was special. It was really a good, perfect match um, for Bastion Solutions. 
So we continue this process. We were acquired in 2017. And I, I tell new employees oftentimes it was a, a mutual interest. Just because Toyota uh, wanted to acquire us didn't mean it was a great fit automatically for us. So we had to evaluate Toyota. And we did so by talking to other companies they had acquired and, and doing a lot of research. And the more and more we researched this, the more and more interested we became. Jack, I tell you, six years later, we were incredibly fortunate to be acquired by Toyota Industries. It was an outstanding decision. And, you know, one of the the facts that I like to repeat often is that we had 25 owners in Bastion Solutions. And, of course, Bill Bastion was the majority owner still. We had 25 owners. Today, 20 of 25 still work at Bastion Solutions and work for Toyota. You're going to have a hard time finding an acquisition that has gone that well to where there's no handcuffs. People are free to come and go as they desire. But our leadership team wants to stay here and continue to build this company. Toyota has been a pleasure to work with. What's the two biggest things, Aaron, you've learned from the Japanese culture and leadership and Toyota leadership these past six-plus years? Well, I would say first it starts with the foundation of, of thoroughness. Toyota is a very thorough organization, and I believe the Japanese culture is a very thorough culture. So um, there's not willy-nilly or seat-of-the-pants or gut a lot of gut instincts uh, decisions made. But I tell you, Jack, the two characteristics that I think of when you ask this question about uh, the Toyota leadership that I interact with, um, it's humility and respect. And to give you a couple examples of this, the, the Toyota and Tico leadership from the very top, I mean, and the very top is still Ted Tetsuro Toyota. The very top has this profound respect for the culture of Bastion Solutions and the culture of our employees. And again, you're going to have a hard time finding a company that, that acquires this growing integrator that now has 1,500 employees, where after six years, they still have this profound respect for the employees of the company and tradition that we have that was set forth by the Bastions. So that's one great example is just the, the respect. The second is humility and, um, you know, interacting with leaders such as Ted Toyota or our president, Aonishi, or my direct in-line manager, Hitoshi Masuoka. You see this level of humility to where, you know, it's very similar to my um, Mariano Rivera story. You wouldn't know that these people are leading organizations that have 70,000 employees that produce the level, you know, billions and billions of dollars of revenue every year. The world's largest fork truck entity. Um, so just incredibly successful organizations led by some of the most humble people you could ever meet. We're talking Aaron Jones, president of Bastion Solutions, www.bastion, B-A-S-T-I-A-N, solutions.com. Aaron, when you joined Bill Bastion in 2005, <clears throat> it was a $60 million a year business with 100 people. Today, almost $700 million with 1,300-plus teammates. Phenomenal growth and success. How? Well, well Jack, it starts with the fundamentals and the, the core values and the mission statement of the company. 
Um, we, we can't deviate from those core values in the mission statement. And it's a lot of respect and teamwork and entrepreneurial spirit and innovation. So all of those are very fundamental to our growth. I like to think we're a very cutting-edge organization. And the integration model, you mentioned that word a couple of times, the integration model is a very important model because we're not limited to only the equipment that we manufacture. So we have a lot of flexibility in the design and the growth of our systems. This industry is also growing very fast. You know, when I joined the, the company, I, I, I was infatuated and became very attached to Bill Bastian, but it wasn't so enticing back in the early 2000s because it was all about a conveyor system and what type of conveyor we, were we going to provide. Jack, these days it's become anything but just conveyor. We're dispatching systems with hundreds of robots, cutting-edge software, uh, using big data and Internet of Things and, and all the fancy buzzwords, you know, advanced artificial intelligence to make these systems more profound and more efficient and, and better for the clients. We've done a lot of good things, but it always comes back to the second line of our mission statement. And the second part of our mission statement is that the people are the foundation of the company. As an integrator, we have to hire the best people. We have to have people that are problem solvers, that are willing to dig in and help our clients be successful. These systems aren't easy. Even the, the best designed and the most successful system comes with many, many challenges. So we need people that, that welcome a challenge and that are innovative and entrepreneurial to, to solve this challenge. And then you reap the benefits. And that's been one of the ways we've been able to grow is taking care of our clients because they continue to come back for project after project after project. What Amazon has done to our industry, Jack, is just amazing. You know, um, in the early 2000s, companies would have four or five distribution centers across the whole country. I think Amazon has four or five just in Michigan, and we're a peninsula. <laughs> so just think that the hundreds of distribution centers that Amazon has created to be able to ship to the consumer's house next day has created an environment where everyone else is trying to catch up or surpass Amazon. It's been fabulous for our industry. You win projects from about $5 million to $100 million. Can you highlight two current projects for us? Well, Jack, one of our longtime uh, customers is, is Puma. And uh, Puma, a few years ago, they needed to have a, a bigger footprint in the e-commerce sector and, and have a better opportunity for home delivery. Like so many clients and, and customers, they were losing the uh, home delivery model to Amazon and others, so they needed to catch up. So we've done a handful of systems. I think they gave us our first chance in Brazil second chance in Mexico, and then third in California. We've done a big project for them in Indianapolis and, and currently Arizona. You know, these companies don't get paid to pick and fulfill an order. These companies get paid to deliver a product. So they have to be efficient every step of the way, and that's where we come in. Another project was Dick's Sporting Goods, and, and you know, we've, um, we really led the design of their e-commerce facility. They were a traditional store shop. They loved bringing people into the stores. They have beautiful stores, and they captivate a customer when they're in the store. Uh, we encouraged them to consider an e-commerce model. We put a, um, an e-commerce distribution facility right within their retail uh, warehouse. It was efficient. It was 
hundreds of robots with no cost, picking and fulfilling orders. And, you know, Jack, the results are, are great. I was um, sitting on the, the sofa one evening with my wife, and she said, I don't know what happened to Dick's Sporting Goods, but they're shipping so fast these days. I just ordered these shoes yesterday. They're here today. What did they do? You should do something for them. <laughs> I said, you know, Julie, you know, hey, uh, we did. I told you about that a couple weeks ago. That is the impact that we have for these companies to fulfill and complete an order at low cost, high speed, and get it out the door quickly. And, Jack, let's not forget there's not a company out there that is faced with um, enough labor. Labor challenges are very real so we look at automation and robotics as a way to complement the labor staff. We're talking to Aaron Jones. Aaron, you've been phenomenally successful as a dad, a business leader. What role has your faith played in that? Well, Jack, at the end of the day, when everything gets quiet and the hustle and bustle um, is complete, the faith is really all you have. I've seen a lot of people uh, endure hardship. You know, we've had hardship in our family. All you have is the truth. Aaron, it's been an honor being your friend, learning from you these past 30 years. Keep up the great, great work. Thank you, Jack. Please join us next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Fasula. Thanks for listening. And make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn. Believe in yourself.